Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidanandamurtaye Nishprabhanchaya Shantaya Niralambhaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kayaika Dehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own essence, your own existence, your own shivaness. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namah. You need a healthy ego. All your pains and problems come from the shadows in your mind and constrictions in your heart. Yoga clears these away, so the light of your own divinity shines through, illumining both your mind and heart. It's the way you've always wanted to live, that your words and actions come from your deepest essence and make a difference in the world. You've got two choices for how to get there. One is to bring in the dumpster, hauling all the old stuff out of your mind and heart, clearing the way for your divine essence to shine through. Will one dumpster be enough? I taught a meditation teacher training a few years ago. 
where we had a real live dumpster helping us with all that clearing. Every morning we'd start our group meditation around 6 a.m. After about 20 or 30 minutes, a garbage truck would come to empty the dumpster that was on the other side of the fence. Every day they'd drive up, back up, beep, 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 beep. And then the mechanized arms would pick up the dumpster, tip it upside down, and all this stuff would fall out, clang, clang, crash, crash, bang, bump. And then the arms would go down, and the truck would drive away. In the beginning, everyone would get very antsy during all of this, with all the noise disturbing my meditation. Then I explained, they're dumping your trash. <laughs> Technically, it was the trash from the restaurant next door, but we did sometimes eat there. Still, it was happening during meditation, so what was going on was not merely physical. I watched as the teachers in training began to flow with it. The truck drove in. They sat. Mm, beep, 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 beep. Clang, clang, thump, crash, bang. And you could feel the room getting lighter day by day. Of course, we were doing lots of practices and studies as well to help with the process. And then the truck would come in again during the next morning's meditation every day for almost three weeks. It was glorious. Now, if you don't have someone helping you clear all that stuff out, it can be a little harder. Oh, you do have people to help you clear your stuff out. They're called family. <laughs> Maybe even coworkers and fellow yogis. They're very happy to show you where you're stuck. They may even love to push your buttons. It's your job to unwire those buttons so when they push them, nothing disturbs you. That's a yogic process. This is diligent, focused, meaningful, and hard inner work. Most people aren't willing to look in the mirror and see their blemishes. Of course, as you get better at looking within, you get beyond the blemishes and find the bliss. And then you find the source of bliss. But there's probably a few dumpsters of stuff to clear first. So that's the first methodology, which is clearing your stuff out of the way. And there's another way to bring your light into the world, to have your words and actions express your divine essence into the world. And this is the path that we're on. In this path, you get your light amped up. That's Shaktipat, the inner awakening of your own divine essence, so that it arises within you to set you free. Then nothing remains but that inner light. When everything else is gone, what do you have to share? Only what you are your own self, based in the consciousness that you are. Your inherent divinity is expressed in every scintillating word, pours through every inspired action, 
and makes a real difference in the world. It's how you've always wanted to live. Your mind is a very important part of this process. It is your mind that makes you able to shine the light of consciousness into the world. Since you are consciousness, that light shines from the inner source, shining through your mind and heart. Every time you align yourself with consciousness, the light of your own divinity clears away more of what has been in the way. You can clear it all without needing a dumpster. It simply dissolves like fog under sunlight. That's why this is called the easy path. What I'm really talking about is ego. You need a healthy ego. All your pains and problems, as I said earlier, come from the shadows in your mind and the constrictions in your heart. Unfortunately, you love them. You say, these are my shadows. The constrictions in my heart are my constrictions. It's my pain. I love my pain. I love my pain. I love my pain. This is not a healthy ego. This kind of ego is limping through life. It's like you're limping down the street, but along the way, you still muster up the energy to kick a trash can or a dog. It's your shadows and your constrictions that make you mean. They make you needy, negative, defensive, and resistant. You can get pushy. You want to withdraw. And none of that helps. The good news is that you don't have to get rid of your ego. The bad news is that it's probably in pretty poor shape and needs some healing and transformation. Yoga takes care of that for you. This is why I consistently and repeatedly urge you to do more yoga, do more mantra. And you're doing that by being here. The sage Shankaracharya wrote in the Viveka Chudamani, Crest Jewel of Discrimination, verse 408. Chitta mulo vikalpo yam chitta bhave na kaschana atash chittam samadhehi the perception of differences is rooted in your mind and cannot exist in your mind's absence. Therefore, absorb your mind in contemplation by turning it inward toward the Supreme Self. Turn inward. Discover your own self, the Supreme Self. Paratma in this verse. Paratma, the supreme self, the supreme reality, which is your own self. A classical teaching story tells of a man who saw a snake by the footpath to his home. In fear, he jumped and ran away, tripping over a stone, falling and breaking his leg. He cried out in pain and fear, so people came running out of the house to help, and he warned them of the danger from the nearby snake. And they looked and saw that it was only a coiled rope. Ah, but his broken leg was real. In this way, yoga warns that you live in a delusional world of your own creation, with your mind conjuring up fantasies and fears that are way out of proportion to reality. In this verse, this is called the perception of differences. 
It is true that your mind is fixated on differences. When you meet identical twins or see them online, you look for differences between them. When you choose a cupcake to take off the serving tray, you analyze the amount of frosting that each one has. The differences your mind creates causes you pain. If you compare how you look with someone else and you come out on top, you're already set up for the next comparison where you might judge them to be the winner and the next day it'll change again. What a painful way to live. You live in the constant measuring, comparing, analyzing, and you misunderstand endlessly. Your mind spins out fairy tales that keep you spinning in circles unto your grave. You can turn a missed phone call into a relationship crisis without ever checking to see what's really going on with the other person. Underlying all of this is the sense that the world is different from you. Your relationship with the world is one of exploitation. How much can I get? That's why you're called a consumer. How much can I get? You even look at other people this way. This is called the perception of differences. It is rooted in your mind. Your mind creates most of your predicaments. You probably already know this. A proof is built into the verse. When your mind is quiet, there are no differences. As an example, even when life is hard, when you fall asleep, there are no difficulties. I remember going through a period of intense grief. I was talking with someone. They said something, and I laughed out loud. I was surprised during this time of such intense grief that I could laugh. And even for minutes afterwards, there was no grief. I looked for it. Where did it go? When you laugh, your mind stops. When your mind stops, you're not trapped in the thoughts, the fantasies, the distinctions and delusions. You experience self, for self was always there, simply hidden by your perception of differences. Thus the sage Shankaracharya tells you to simply quiet your mind by focusing it on your own self. Absorb your mind in the supreme self, paratman. This word is a combination of para, meaning supreme or ultimate, and atma, meaning self. In Vedanta, this is a way of reminding you that atman is brahman. The self within you is the primordial reality. You turn your attention within and contemplate your divine essence. This absorbs your mind in the greater reality within, your own self. Now your mind cannot be conjuring up fantasies about what doesn't exist and delusions about what does exist. Yoga does not teach you that you should annihilate your mind or ego any more than it teaches you that you should cut off your right hand in order to become enlightened. Self-mutilation is not the goal, not physically and not mentally either. It's only your limitations that have to go. 
That does include some of your pet fantasies and delusions. Truly nothing you find in the universe will fully satisfy you. It is only the experience of your own supreme self that can fulfill you. So what have we learned so far? This verse says that your mind causes your pain, your sense of difference, being different and separate from others, being separate from God. This is delusion. And the verse says you discover the truth of who you are by meditation, by delving into your own existence, your own being, your own beingness, what I call your own shivaness. How does your mind cause your pain? It says, I love my story. I love my shadows. The constrictions in my heart are my constrictions. It's my pain. I love my pain. I love my pain. I love my pain. I am my pain. I am my pain. That's what most of your words express. Is this true? You are your pain. Really? This is called ego. Yoga describes ego as a function of mind, one of three functions named in Sanskrit manas, buddhi, ahankara. Manas is busy mind, always scanning outside you like a radar antenna, looking for something to fill your senses, something to do, something to keep you from being bored. Manas. Busy mind. Buddhi is intelligence. Your ability to name and classify things so you can discern whether something is beneficial or harmful. The ability to predict the likely repercussions of your choices and actions. Buddhi, intelligence. Ahankara is ego, that you identify with what you see and do, what you think and say what and who you care about. Ego gives you a sense of self that is dependent on your environment, your skills and talents, your quirks and idiosyncrasies, and all the stupid things you've ever done or been through. That's the kind of sense of self that ego gives you. Ego is the limiting function of mind. It loves to beat you up, tear you down to size, keep you on edge inside, living in fear, need, and greed. Ahankara keeps you small. Ahankara says, oh no, I'm not consciousness. I'm only a person. I have limitations. I can't do everything. I can only do some things and not all of them well. When I'm not shining with the light of consciousness, I can be dark and moody. I'm not shining with light because I'm all gnarled up in my ego being something that isn't whole. This is ahankara. This is ego. No wonder Shankaracharya said you need to look deeper within. Your mind is a saboteur. Your ego is a saboteur. This is why all of yoga's practices are for your mind. And the practice that specializes in getting you past your ego is seva. You are already consciousness, but your mind keeps you from seeing who you really are. Sutra 3.1 from the Shiva Sutras also describes this, Atma Chittam, 
the self is mind. Or an alternative translation, I am my mind. It means you use your mind to construct your sense of self. And then you take that limited sense of self as being the whole of who you are, but you are more. Yet you actually believe what your mind tells you. When your mind is thinking happy thoughts, you say, I am happy. And when your mind is thinking sad thoughts, you say, I am sad. You don't say, I feel happy or I feel sad. You say, I am happy or I am sad. You become your thought as though you were saying, I am my mind. This sutra names the condition that you are in. This is not merely your personal condition. It is the human condition. This is your starting point in the spiritual quest. I am my mind. But this sutra is from a tantric text, naming the path in which you are transformed by the arising power of consciousness within. You don't have to clear out your mind. You let all the old stuff be dissolved by the inner fire. The process begins with your own self being revealed to you through the Guru's gift of Shaktipat initiation. Then you are taught practices that invoke the inner rising again and again. Every time you do these practices, consciousness arises within. And applying your mind to the teachings also works on your mind, as I'm giving teachings now. These teachings support your growing understanding of your inherent divinity. Your inner experience of self deepens and expands. As you grow into the knowing of your own self as consciousness itself, your mind cannot limit you any longer. Still, though you know your own self, you do continue to use your mind, but you use it. It doesn't use you. This gives you a healthy ego. It magnifies the light of consciousness, which is arising within you and shining through your mind. Understand that ego is just mind, a particular capacity of mind. You don't want to lose your mind. Dementia is not a pathway to enlightenment. I disagree with the many spiritual teachers who say you must get rid of your ego. No. Your ego is the mental function by which you make commitments and express your caring. Ego is the means by which your creativity is expressed into the world. The Sanskrit word usually translated as ego is ahankara, which means I am what I do. When you have a healthy ego, you don't get your sense of self from what you do. You just do what you do. And while you're doing it, you pour your divine essence through your mind into what you do. You still do things, but they're shining with light, the light of your own being. Right now, your ego is comprised of various identities, all of which are pretty important. You wouldn't stick with them if that wasn't so. When you don't know your own self, you use all these different identities to cobble together a superficial sense of self. That's called ego. But these identities, every single one of them, are what you do, not who you are. 
let's say you work in a hospital. So you wear certain clothes at work, or maybe you work in a retail store and your uniform is a t-shirt with a store name on it. While you're at work, you're in uniform, you're in character, you're working within that identity, you do the best you can for the people that you serve, and then you go home and you change clothes, putting on old sweats with holes in the knees. Now you're relaxing with the people you share your home with or maybe on your own. Your work identity is still a capacity in you, but now your identity as a partner or a parent or a gourmet chef comes to the fore. And you can slip out of that identity when you move on and do something else. The you that does all these different things is only one you. There's only one of you, yet having many capacities. The one that is your own essence, that is your own self. Your own essence, your own beingness, your own self. What you do is simply what you do. I'll try a metaphor. I'll describe your own self like the sun, illumined and illumining, ever shining, brilliant and powerful. This is your own self. Like the sun, shining. Now each of the windows in your home are the different things that you do. Each window lets the sun shine in a little differently. You can even dress the windows in different uniforms, I mean different clothes. And that affects the way the sun shines through whatever curtains you put up. But while you're standing at the window, you don't become the window. You are the sun. You are the source of the light. What I'm describing is called self and self, which is my teaching theme for this year. I know the words can be confusing. Self and self. When I write them, one has a capital S at the beginning and the other one has a lowercase s. But when I say them, you can't tell which is which. Capital S self is your inherent divinity. Small s self is who you think you are. I also call it your superficial sense of self because you construct it from superficial realities, including where you go who you know and what you do. When you get your sense of self, small as self, from the outside, and something there changes, then you've lost your sense of self. Like when you've lost a job or a loved one dies and you don't know who you are anymore. But inside, you're still you, your own self, your capital S self is unchanged. Your essence is deep, vast, unwavering, and pure beingness itself. No matter what happens on the outside, your own self is your own self. Yoga asks the question, which self are you being? In any given moment throughout your day, which self are you being? Capital S self? or small as self? Which self are you being? Small as self or capital S self? It's a trick question because it's not an either or question. The true answer is that you're being both at the same time. 
And that's hidden in the other meaning of this sutra, Chittamatma. The capital S self is being your mind, is being all that you do and even being all that you feel you are while you are doing it. The first meaning that we looked at is mind is self. I am my mind. I use my mind to construct my sense of self. But the sutra also means the capital S self, consciousness itself, is being your mind. The one that you are, self, is the one that is being all, even being your mind. Thus, capital S self is small s self. And capital S self has constructed small s self as a special kind of trap. Small s self will try to trap you in its coils like the snake and the rope. And you'll jump back in fear and end up with real problems. Small s self will try to confine you. Your mind loves to trap you in its fantasies, fears, and delusions. But you are more. You are so much more. So how do you get there? How do you get to where you know your own capital S self all the time so that you can be present with others without taking on the limitations they expect you to have? How can you be capital S self while you're doing all the things that small s self has always done? You know, in ancient times, yogis would leave their families, get rid of all their possessions, leave the world do no productive work, and leech off of society, expecting other people to feed it and take care of them. Some of you did this in previous lives, I'm sure. I certainly did. But all that changed about 5,000 years ago. Krishna explained that you have to contribute to the world, but be in a yogic state while you're doing it. That's the point of the Bhagavad Gita, a text that defines the task for a modern-day yogi. Self and self, being capital S self, while doing what small s self has always done, living in the duality of being both, while knowing that capital S self and small s self are merely different forms of the one that you are. Like ice and water are the same substance in different forms, self and self. They are part of the multiple dimensions of the totality of your being, of who you really are. So how do you get to where you can live in this totality of being? What yoga calls self-realization. In this tradition, it's a process of transformation that occurs from the inside out. Like a plant sprouts in the spring, and then puts out blooms. It all happens from the inside out. Just like a child grows all summer long and needs new clothes at the beginning of the school year, the growing comes from the inside out. Once you've gotten Shaktipat, the transformative power of consciousness is blossoming within you. You will get enlightened. The only question is when. If you want it to be sooner rather than later, well, I'll tell you to do more yoga. But Kshemaraja says you can get there in a minute. Verse 19 of his Pratyabhinya Hridayam says, 
Samadhi samskaravati vyutane bhuyo bhuyas chidai kyamarshan nityodita samadhi labha. As you are surfacing from your meditative state, linger in the in-between and contemplate your oneness with consciousness. This can get you enlightened. He is training you how to use your mind, especially in these subtle and powerful moments when you are in between, you are both inside and outside at the same time. I remember when I used to leap up from my meditation, my timer would go off. I would immediately think of all the things I had to do and I'd jump up and start speeding through my day. The sutra says, linger longer. It's easy to do as it is such a blissful experience in this liminal or threshold zone. Linger longer. Allow your mind to marinate in the after effects of samadhi, the inner absorption, as consciousness imprints are being layered into your mind. These imprints are called samskaras, karmic impressions that will bring forth future results. As you do this again and again, your mind gets permeated by consciousness. This transforms your mind. Your ego. Ahankara begins to shine with the light of consciousness. Your mind will cease to draw you into the shadows and constrictions because your mind loves the light. It identifies with the light. This is a healthy ego. But you have to help it get there. This is why Kshemaraja tells you not to be lazy while you're lingering in the Vyutana a liminal zone. He tells you to use your mind. While your mind is marinating in consciousness, use your mind to remind yourself that you are consciousness. Again and again, remind yourself. He repeats the word buya, meaning more. He says it again, buya. Since a sutra has the fewest words possible, when a word is repeated, it's really important again and again. Remind yourself that you are consciousness itself. I lead you through this in every meditation period. And at the end of our meditation time together, I guide you through the process of lingering. I remind you to repeat the mantra while you're still in there, honoring your own self, affirming your true being. Again and again, mantra reinforces your honoring of your own self, your knowing of your own self as consciousness itself. Journaling is also part of it. You begin to find words for your inner experience, which reprograms your mind, literally growing new neural pathways. It's called neuroplasticity. The sutra gives you this practice because it helps you get enlightened faster. It describes the state of enlightenment where you are based in the vastness of your own beingness while your eyes are open and you're participating in the world. The state is called Sahaja Samadhi, the immersion into your own nature while living your life. How do you get there? Meditate. 
Each time you surface from your meditation, even if you didn't experience a profound inner immersion, you're deeper than you probably realize. Linger longer. Remind your mind that you are consciousness itself. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. You see, it's your mind that needs the reminding. It's your mind that needs the help. It's only your mind that pulls you away from self. So you marinate your mind in the after effects of your meditation. And while you're there, activate your mind to remind it that you are consciousness. This will give you a powerful mind, clarity and intelligence, and a healthy ego, free from need and fear. You share the light of consciousness with the world. It's how you've always wanted to live. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha.